Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash lawless. Just go to Indeed.com slash lawless right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash lawless. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, unfortunately, waking up to a uh, two nothing loss for the United States over Japan. Uh, first things first, uh, congratulations, Japan. That's a good, solid win over the U.S. Um, from a tactical perspective and obviously they were very efficient, and they posed all sorts of challenges and problems for this uh, U.S. men's national team that, for the most part, they could not overcome. And uh, that's reflected, I think, in a comprehensive result. Uh, this wasn't a tale of two halves. <laughs> From a U.S. perspective, it was two bad halves and a bad game. I had uh, tweeted out earlier that it did remind me and it was rep, you know, reminiscent of when this team first came together and they were trying to do things that either they weren't capable of doing or were ill-advised in the circumstances and in the moment. And uh, you can see that some of the players are meeting on the field here. Oh, they're just doing some physical stuff. There's no post-mortem or anything like that. Uh, anyway, it did remind me of a, uh, a U.S. team from early in the cycle. Uh, and then, you know, Greg Berhalter and this team kind of progressed and evolved and changed. And I think actually got a whole lot more pragmatic in their approach. And I think this was the type of game where you, you needed some of that. While it is going to be pristine conditions, and this was a little bit, um, well, this was neutral, mostly for the most part, you know, field wasn't great. Um, but that's certainly no excuse and you have to be able to adjust and they didn't. Um, okay. Let's see here. Let's, uh, let's see what, Oh, there's David. I'm going to invite him up to co-host here. Oh, um, hey, David. Uh, boom, boom, boom. Okay. Let's see if David figures out how to uh, come up here. Nope. Oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. Okay. And you got to unmute yourself, David. Thank you for working through this again. Be gentle with, with David. Well, I'll see you there. I am. Can you hear me? Ah, uh, there we go. Wonderful. Okay. So shall we, are you ready to light this candle, my friend? 
Yeah, I will say after that performance, I thought of declining your invitation. Uh, who, who wants to talk about this game? <laughs> well, and you know, if, if nothing else, it gives us uh, content. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, David Mossy is my partner in crime when it comes to uh, the State of the Union podcast. He is a, uh, you know, a, a savant when it comes to soccer, working with us over at Fox. And anytime that you see myself or anybody looking halfway um, articulate or uh, coherent in the things that we say, usually it's from the great mind of David Mossy. So it's a privilege and a pleasure to have him here on this uh, on this uh, Lonely Heart Soccer Club. Although in you know not the greatest of circumstances given that result, but it does provide us with uh, with plenty of opportunity to talk about it. Uh, initial fresh thoughts coming off of that two nothing loss to Japan that we just witnessed. Yeah, just a disastrous performance. Uh, so flat. The passing was so sloppy. I know the field was poor, but it was poor for both teams, yep. and it didn't affect Japan that much. They played with a lot of fluency, and they played the U.S. off the field from start to finish. That game should have been four uh, nil. Matt Turner uh, kept this a uh, respectable scoreline. Uh, I mean, the U.S. had two chances the whole game early on, that Ferreira header mm-hmm. across from Dest. Uh, that move, by the way, featured a brilliant crossfield pass by Gio Reyna. Uh, and then that uh, there was a turnover in the 80th minute where Adams played it to Aronson, who, who shot it just over the bar. So that's that's one chance each half in which they troubled Japan. The rest of the time, the Japanese goalkeeper could have taken a nap while Japan was just attacking in waves, chance after chance. So like I said, this on balance of play, this should have been three or four nil. I thought this was a disastrous performance by the U.S. It was. And if you're going to have a disastrous performance, obviously have it now um, and, and not when you get to uh, when you get to Qatar. Uh, you know, to your point, the amount of balls and I think, you know, there's there's stats running all over the place in terms of the amount of balls that were lost in the U.S.'s half is just staggering. So the. Um, the willingness to continue to play out of the back is still there, but the ability, at least on the day, because we have seen the U.S. at times play you know, very fluidly out of the back, but on the day, it was bad. And giving the ball up in really, really dangerous positions uh, against a, Jap- a Japanese team that at times capitalized on it. And if not for Matt Turner, who I think is the only one that comes out smelling even remotely good uh, from uh, from this performance, they get on a plane right now and they head off to Spain uh, for the Tuesday game against Saudi Arabia. I I would love to be a fly on the wall as to what Greg Berhalter is saying, first off to his staff uh, in terms of what happened, uh, what the changes are going to be and what he ultimately says to to this team. Um, Should we bring some people up here, Mossy? Uh, Because I know people want to have their say, shall we? All right, let's do this. Let's bring up, uh, bum, bum, bum. If you do want to talk, just let us know. That little blue light will show up and I will hit you and up you come and you dazzle us, hopefully, with something. Try to make it quick. All right, let's uh, let's see what Robert has to say here. Uh, Just unmute yourself and... Then you'll be uh, you'll be good, Robert. Yes, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, there we go. What's up? How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for uh, letting me on here. I just wanted to bring no up this issue because I feel like this game is kind of a perfect example of Burhalter mm-hmm. being enamored with a system and building mm-hmm. a roster around a system. And you know, in this game, they didn't have the chance to play the way they wanted to play. Going to need players that can play different styles. And so, I just wanted to hear your mm-hmm. thoughts on on this. Well, we know he's a true believer, and and I think he is a romantic. And this was, you know, kind of the knock, I, I guess, both against him and not not it's not a knock. Actually, I think I, I can admire that in that in a in a time and in a game where 
we talk so much and people talk so much and rarely actually back it up. You know, I do believe that he sees the game being played in a certain way. To your point, I think early on he was he was forcing things. And I think he has, you know, had a come to Jesus type of moment and become more pragmatic in the approach. I just think there needs to be an understanding on the field because Greg Berhalter is not kicking the ball on the field when things aren't happening in the way that you may, maybe, you know, the best laid plans that you, that you, that you want to play and that adjustment. And we have seen that adjustment over the, over the cycle. We have seen at times where they've gotten down and dirty. And, you know, part of the criticism, I think when I say that to me would be like, well, is that regressive? Is that just devolving into something that we don't? And if we're ever going to advance and grow, we have to get through the growing pains and we have to do it. Yeah. But Greg Berhalter's job depends on success in the yeah. World Cup, not on how that success e- exactly. comes. Exactly. As a fan, you know, I don't care. I, I want to win the mm-hmm. game, you know, like, and sometimes that calls for one thing. And, you know, for me, a player like Tim Ream would have been helpful today. Um, you know, a, a player like PFOC, I feel like these absences, you know, and he doesn't have to answer for them. He seems like a club coach trying to fit an international game. And, you know, I'm just disappointed with, with the performance. I hear you. I hear you. All right, Robert, I appreciate it. Thanks. That's a good one. Yeah. I mean, the, the criticism of Greg Berhalter, you know, if, if you're not on the Greg Berhalter train, um, this is obviously incredible fodder for you. Um, Mossy, do, do you think that Greg Berhalter gets in his own way too much and thinks overthinks it? Yeah, I'm concerned about the U.S. in both boxes right now. Um, you saw today the drawbacks of playing Jesus Ferreira as a center forward. It undermines any ability to play more directly in a game where you're, there's no fluidity there and your passing patterns aren't really coming off. You know, if you have a bigger, stronger target man up there, you can do some post-up stuff with him and try to, you know, use him to hold up play and get you out of trouble. Jesus Ferreira doesn't provide any of that. So, um, and then at, at the other end, you know, if you want to be this progressive coach that wants to play out of the back with a center back pairing of Long and Zimmerman, uh, mm-hmm. that can be a bit dicey. And even a goalkeeper like Turner, who was terrific today from a shot stopping perspective, but there were even some shaky moments from him with the ball at his feet. And you saw one minute into the game, Aaron Long had a terrible giveaway that led to a Japan chance. And that kind of set the tone. Zimmerman had a bad one as well. McKinney had a bad giveaway, which obviously led to the first Japan goal. So yeah, that there is a danger that he wants to play out of the back and be progressive, but he maybe doesn't have the personnel in certain positions to do that. Yeah. And so then people will say, okay, well, you know, Brooks is better at playing with the ball at his feet or Tim Ream is better at the ball, but it's a trade-off, right? Because what, what they bring there, oh, they also have deficiencies. And so I, you know, that's what Greg Berhalter would probably be going through and saying, so at some point you have to say whether it's Aaron Long or Zimmerman or anybody else, even Matt Turner, to your point, you have to use the same type of uh, assessment of Matt Turner that you that uh, that you do with the other players in that Matt Turner, we know, isn't great with his feet, but he's a shot stopper. And we saw today that that can actually be the most valuable thing. Ultimately, do you want everything? Yes. But there's not a single player on this uh, on this roster that you get everything for. Um, if you're going through the roster uh, for those that or maybe just waking up or didn't watch it. Uh, the starting 11 um, did not feature Christian Pulisic. He took a knock, 
It's one of my favorite phrases in, in soccer. I have no idea what it means. But um, Giovanni Reina was uh, up, up top with Jesus Ferreira and Brendan Aronson. The three in the middle were Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, and Luca De La Torre. Uh, Sam Bynes on that left-hand side, as you mentioned, Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman in the center-back position, and Serginho Dest on the uh, right-hand side. I don't think anybody acquitted themselves well. Uh, the changes at halftime in terms of the personnel obviously didn't result in uh, massive changes on the, in the score line. It played a little bit better, and they did go to almost a back three at times, pushing Sam Bynes uh, up top, uh, up further on that uh, on that left hand side. But the reality is that that push and that change that you kind of wanted to see in that second half, it really didn't come. And ultimately, like I said, it was comprehensive from a, a Japanese perspective. Greg Berhalter, uh, obviously, getting interviewed now after the game coming out. We've got work to do. We clearly need to improve. Uh, give Japan credit. Well, we're giving Japan credit, but the, most of us on this call, uh, and certainly from uh, a U.S. perspective, a lot of the focus rightfully is going to be on this U.S. team less than 60 days away from the beginning of the World Cup. And this is, you know, this, this is not a great look for Greg Berhalter or for this team. Can they turn it around? They better certainly in this next game because there's no there's no more games and you want to go in with some positivity um, into, uh, you know, into the next couple of months here uh, before the uh, World Cup. Let's bring up some more people here. How about oh, real MP? There he is. He's up. He's up and at him. All right. Unmute yourself and speak now or forever. Hold your peace. There you are. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good, good, good. Say hello to David Mossy. He's on uh, on with us. too. Welcome. Hello, sir. So, Matt Turner, how much did today's game help or hurt his chances? And is it truly an open competition between the two to start the World Cup? I don't think it's, uh, I mean, I don't think there's any question that it's going to be Matt Turner. And, you know, I think the questions were like a Zach Steffen. It's one thing to face training, uh, albeit at a very, you know, good club with, with great international talent there. It's another thing actually in the game. And he did not show any any rust. It was interesting to hear him interviewed this week before the game and talking about how he and his goalkeeping staff at Arsenal are continuing to you know, watch tape and, and go back and see the way he has progressed even in training. Um, so I think, he's, I think he was the starting goalkeeper before this game. And I think he is the starting goalkeeper, barring something catastrophic happening. I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want him or anybody uh, getting hurt. What do you think? I hope so. I bet. Yeah, I still have the sense yep. that, you know, Stefan's Berhalter's guy. And if he's healthy. Yeah, oh, I, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would agree with yeah. you. And I think he's got a soft spot for Zach Stefan. But I think it's getting to the point now where, you know, like I said, his job, yeah. <laughs> it, you know, relies on him doing well with the World and, Cup. And you can't be sentimental. And ultimately, Stefan's got to be healthy, too, for it to even be a real conversation. Yes. So. Yeah. And that's 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 a, that's, a, that's a question. I mean, from a health perspective, at least it was nice to see. Giorena start. I mean, he, he didn't do a whole lot in the game, but that he's not coming off the field holding something and, and in tears, I guess, is a step in the right to, the right direction when it comes to Giorena. Gentlemen, thank you. All right. Have Bye-bye. a good day. See ya. Uh, Lex, can I just say? Of course um, you can. Um, I was curious at how he was going to configure the midfield because Musa being out undermined his ability to play the double pivot that he, he likes. Uh, so he did put Adams as a six and De La Torre and McKinney as eight. I do wonder if Pulisic had been fit, if he would have played Reyna or Aronson in the midfield. He kind of intimated yeah. that leading up to the game. But then when Pulisic was out, he had to fill that spot as well. So there was just this domino effect because Reyna and Aronson 
uh, both very good players, but not all that pacey. So Japan felt like they could push up without any nervousness about getting beat over the top. That's where you miss the paciness of a Pulisic or a Timmy Weah. And, um, and, you know, boy, they really missed Musa's ball progression in the midfield. I think Weston McKinney's poor form at Juventus was laid to bear today. You know, he, he, he gives you energy. He can pop up there on set pieces. But right now, from a technical standpoint, he's, he's having a real dip in form. And boy, his ball progression was, was really poor today. Uh, some more words coming out here from Burhalter, but they're just kind of words they don't really tell us anything. We need to play with personality. We need to play relaxed. We need to play with intensity. And when we do these things, we're a really good team. But when we don't, we're an average team, or in this case, a poor team, uh, which is what we saw. Also, the the subs that came in at halftime were already pre-planned. So even ha- had it gone great guns and the U.S. is flying and winning, doing all that kind of stuff, those subs were still planned. So it's not as if he, as a coach reacted to the situation he did what was already already planned that's not you know it's that's not a bad or good thing it just it's an interesting piece of uh uh of what's going on here um and it does suck mossy to your point that there were these injuries because you kind of want to see ultimately when greg berhalter is given everything at his disposal what his dis what his decisions are both personnel-wise and the tactical uh, part of it, because there are going to be some very good players that aren't ultimately in the 11. Um, do you think that Jesus Ferreira, who is the incumbent, I think, um, and I still think is going to be the starter when it comes to that Wales game, do you think that he did anything to hurt his position? Um, it's not like Josh Sargent came in and was was great, um, but he did you know, not put that header in and you know, was part of the fiasco that was that first half. Uh, I do think he hurt himself a little bit here. Like I said, it raises some doubts about, uh, you know, that not being able to play more direct when you have Jesus Ferreira in there, that lack of a physical presence. Uh, so, you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, we'll see what happens against Saudi Arabia. And then Berhalter is still going to have a few weeks here to kind of mull this over. But I don't know if, if the Saudi Arabia game goes the same way that this one went, then I think that puts Jordan Pifak really back into the frame. Uh, let's bring up uh, Keith Koskin, our uh, colleague over there at Fox, and you know a, a, a savant in and of, of himself. Uh, what's up, Keith? What'd you think? Is the sky falling? Is, is all all is lost? Burhalter out? Fire everybody? What's going on? <laughs> Not Keith? quite. Uh, no, there I we mean, go. I, there I we think go. You, I, th- I think you guys have brought gotcha. up a lot of good points. I think I think with Greg, um, I mean, I find like a lot of the ex players, we go to this. The minute we can't play out of the back, it's like, why can't we be more direct? I mean, for me, I thought the mandate when Greg came in was that he was going to develop a style that allowed us to play in a certain way. I hear people telling me all the time that we have a squad that can play that certain way. So I I, I think if every game that we have any issues with it, we just simply shy away from playing out and be more direct. I think that's problematic for the development of this group. Um, I, I will say on the tactics today, I thought, look, the, the front three is really narrow, so you have to ask a lot of the fullback to get them forward. And they just couldn't get forward because we didn't keep the ball. I thought the two centre-backs were really poor. And the midfield, um, I think you guys touched on it with Musa. Without Musa in there, dropping in, getting on it, there was no progression from, from midfield. So I thought, I thought Greg's comments about personality was, was pretty much centred on that midfield, not really shown for the ball. If you look back, there was two or three times when... Aaron had it or, or Walker Zimmerman had it. And they're not the greatest centre-backs in possession, but there was nobody really coming to look for the ball for them. And, and that kind of affected the build-up and, and it made us look basically toothless. And last thing for me on Ferreira, I, I think really unfair to, 
to judge Ferreira on a, on a game like today, given our lack of ability to get the ball forward, get him into positions that he'd like. I don't, I don't see how that changes with another forward in there today. So Jesus Ferreira, for me, doesn't get any, any of the criticism because we never got the ball in the areas that he, he thrives in. And I think that was on the build-out. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this ultimately changed a lot of it's, you know, it's kind of like politics, right? You have your, your, your two sides and what you're really trying to do is get the undecideds uh, and the independents to go one way or the other. But I don't think anybody changed their mind or I don't think anybody has necessarily been swayed by this game. If you don't like Greg Berhalter, then that hasn't changed, obviously, with this game. Uh, and if you do. This is a bad game, but you're going to give him the get him uh, give him the benefit of the doubt. And to your point, though, going back about being, I guess, romantic, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but the way that you're describing <laughs> it is that you want him to die on that hill. Uh, you want him to live up to what the promise is. I think the question is that I've always had is that's all fine and well, but if it doesn't result in success, you know, we had an earlier caller that said, "I just want to win." If it doesn't result in success, is is that going to be accepted by a number of people that it was romantic even in its failure? I, I mean, I'm I'm not so sure that this team in this moment, as far as they have come, is still at a point where sacrificing the success and sacrificing the win to, like I said, die on that hill of being romantic and playing in a certain way is going to fly. No, I, I think that's fair. And I, I do, look, ultimately coaches are judged on wins and losses and, and that's how Greg will be judged when he gets to the World Cup as well. But I, I, I don't like the idea of this, well, we can play two or three different styles within the game. Let's start with Jesus Ferreira. We're going to try build. But if we don't, we go long. Well, that's not really going to play to Jesus Ferreira. So for me, you know, the best, the best plan B is a better plan A. So I, I, don't, I don't know if the U.S. have the ability to all of a sudden be, become a more direct team or, or a more pragmatic team, I think is the word that you like to use and, and be as successful, mm -hmm. maybe in, in certain games against big teams. But today we were playing against a, you know, a good Japan team, but I wouldn't put Japan in the, in the group of elite world teams. So for me, today was a, a day where we should have had the ability to do that. And I think in a friendly as well, I think the idea that you persevere with it is a, is a good thing. We learn things about our players. That's, and that's true. What we um, yeah. Today. yeah. That, that, is, that is true, but I also think that the development of a recognition of the situation, of the players on the field and obviously of Greg, Greg off the field, to recognize that, again, these were the best laid plans and they're not going well. And, and a lot of it is what you're not doing, what the U.S. isn't doing, but also it is what Japan is doing and the way that they came out, the way that they pressed, the positions that they took up, the passing lanes that they kind of shut down consistently knowing that the U.S. was, you know, going to keep banging their head and doing the exact same things. And nobody in that moment was a leader and stepped up and said, hell no, this is just not happening right now. We need to get a break. We need to try to do something different. And whether that's, you know, going just going over the top multiple times, whether even just, you know, pumping it forward to give yourself a break and to just change it up a little bit, except they went back to the well time and time again and again losing the ball, but losing it in really, really bad areas. Because losing the ball in and of itself is part of the game. It happens all the time. It's just where you're ultimately uh, losing. Let's get some more people up here. Keith, anything else before we go? Or before you go? No, no, I just wanted to say hello to Mossy. Big fan of his work and, uh, you know, just pleasure. Hey, you're the one. Chatting with him, of there course. we go. 
<laughs> but, well, no, uh, Lex, Lex, uh, yeah. I feel bad for Keith. He woke up early to watch Minamino, his favorite all-time Liverpool player, and he doesn't even get in the game. So that was oh, a waste of wow. two hours. Disappointing. <laughs> um, hey, where, hey, where is Liverpool finishing this year? If I took all of the Costigan money and we went to Vegas which, right now and put it all. You caught me in an early morning. I'm, I haven't well, thought which about that. Which one? Not in Liverpool. Oh, for Don't God's sake. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's gone. There we go. Let's bring some other people up here, Mossy. How about that? Uh, bum, 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 bum. Let's bum around here. Oh, the rally mullet. Let's see what rally has to say. Oh, my goodness. You, you, you. You're excited, huh? This hasn't, uh, this hasn't dampened your spirits? No, this team looked like they were going to pop out, do a couple training rounds, see how they felt, and not push forward. It was stay back, stay behind the ball, and then try and... I mean, I didn't see any through balls, which I don't get why they don't use Ferrer. It's just a guy to run down the side and just kick it over top. Um, There's this false nine thing, which you guys talk about, which I appreciate. I enjoy listening to you guys, but it's like... You're not buying it. You're not buying it. I'm just not buying why they even use the false nine. Just use him as the guy you pass the ball to. He is your he is your nine. He can do look. He can he can hold the ball. I see his, I see him at Dallas do it. He takes on two three defenders now, and you he shoots and he scores. It's like okay, he might not be able to do that in this in this level, but at least try to do it in this level. I know the defenders are better in national teams, but they're not playing like I don't know. Uh, anyways, yeah. Well, anyway. I mean, there, whether it was individually or collectively, there was. Very, there was no sustained attack, right, right. and obviously <laughs> it was few and far between. Maybe it, uh, the chance in the first half, and you know the chance in the second half, and that was that was it. Oh, unfortunately, so it was shot, anemic. The Aaron's shot was nice. He took on defenders. Even they brought it up in the broadcast. Hey, he does this all ninety minutes at Leeds, and he and he'll break through to one one guy, break through another guy, take a shot. Now that shot goes in. That's I mean he saves the game. All right. Um, what I also saw there was one touch passing. Which I, I think U.S. as a team, you know, I don't know if you guys did it as much back then where you would just one touch into a, a space, not not a player. You're, you're passing to a space where a guy then is looking one direction and goes the other, you know, and you, and they were using that, but they weren't doing it good at all. It was like you saw Japan's, they think they seemed like they could do the one touch passing, you know, include it in their in their in their build up and, and, and take it from there. It seemed like USA's one of the tries, he was gone. They did the one touch, but it, nothing was there. Uh, they couldn't, yeah, sustain the ball. You're right. Um, All right, Rally. Appreciate it. Right. See ya. Mossy. I, I mean, we, this is what we do, right? <laughs> we scream and yell and we clutch pearls and we uh, faint and do all different things. And we read into the games and we give it at times much more weight than it deserves. Uh, how much of this game um, should we be concerned with? Uh, obviously, it's not a good performance, and nobody nobody likes that. But are you have you changed the way that you look at this team relative to the World Cup after the, the ninety minutes that you just saw? Well, first off, I'm going to be a bit of a smartass. Uh, uh, our last guest mentioned Ferreira. You know that early header that he missed. If he was three or four inches taller, that probably would have been a goal. You know who's three or four inches taller than Ferreira? Jordan Pifak. <laughs> um, but um, 
No, I mean, I, I have to wait for the Saudi Arabia match. I mean, I think if we look at these windows, you know, as in couplets, you know, you have two games. So if they go out and play great, um, make some adjustments and then play great against Saudi Arabia, which, by the way, a game you can catch on FS1 on Tuesday and win three or four nil, then the narrative changes. But yeah, I, another performance against Saudi Arabia, uh, similar to this one, then that would really raise some questions. I've, I've been pretty bullish, actually, that the U.S. is going to get out of its group and even has a pretty viable path to the quarterfinals. Uh, but I, I don't know. Today's game, like I said, if they played it this way against Saudi Arabia on Tuesday, I'm going to be questioning that a little bit. Got it. All right, let's go over to uh, the kids say a stand for Dallas and maybe Jesus Ferreira. I don't know. We'll see what Wednesday boy has to uh, say over here. You... Good, good, good. Yeah, um, yeah. I got Despite the result. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't a great result. And I got to agree with, I think it was, it was a keep you said it earlier. That um, I think the lack of, of forward movement from our center backs or the ability to play smart passes, we're suffering there. You know, you bring in Aaron Long, who, let's be honest, hasn't been great. And you leave a guy like Cameron Carter Vickers, who's been almost player of the year for Celtic now and can, can handle that kind of pressure. Um, but my biggest issue, again, is, is as also you've talked about over and over again, is, is that systemic number nine. Like, who's our number nine? Um, and I think I've come to the realization maybe finally that it's not a number nine problem because we got guys who can bang in goals day in day out it's just we don't get the ball to them or if we do then they're not doing what they're supposed to or like uh, rally mullet said you know run through a couple guys and, sh and shoot so it's frustrating to watch i don't know what you guys think about that whether or not it's a is it really a number nine problem or is it a system problem now like we can't feed our strikers so we're trying to get goals from the wings or when you know dest pushes up so what are your thoughts on that and well, look, even today, the only time that we quote unquote fed the striker was our right back, which we know Sergio likes to go forward. I mean, he was surprised, not surprisingly, because, you know, Japan probably understood that he was pushed back. And that certainly could happen in, in the world in the World Cup. But if and when he does get the opportunity to go forward, he had another chance where he tried to push it around and uh, the defender was really good in in bodying him out. But uh feeding the forwards. I mean, that ultimately comes from what happens behind. And I didn't think anybody had a good game. Nobody, I mean, people that you expect, Weston McKinney. Uh, again, we're, we're still not great on set pieces, even though we do have players that on paper should be better and we should be getting more out of those set pieces. And this was a kind of game where when shit is not going well, and it's not happening in terms of what you planned in the uh, in the flow of a game. At some point, that's a perfect time for a set piece to kind of be the great equalizer. And that didn't come uh, come at all. Mossy. Yeah, look, I, I'm being tough on Ferreira, but yeah, the, the other part of this and Keith brought this up as well is there was very little service outside of that chance early in the game. So yeah, if you, I, I'm not sure if you'd swap them out for any other center forward, how well they would have shown in today's game. Yeah, it was just a, a lousy performance. I do think uh, Gio showed some flashes early. Like I said, that, that nice yep. cross field pass to Des to set up that forever chance. There was another play early on where he skipped past his defender and, and earned the corner. I, mean, I understand why he had to come out at halftime because he's probably on a minutes uh, you know, limit given all his injury problems. But he was the one player I thought showed some flashes in the first half that I wanted, wanted to watch for a little bit longer. Berhalter brought in Jordan Morris for him at the half. So I would say from in terms of outfield players, 
he might be the one guy that I would have anything positive to say after this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think Luca Della Torre was uh, was particularly good. And when when this team was trying to play out of the back, and we've seen them be successful in in doing that, it was always I was I was on the edge of my seat because I just felt that every single pass, it there was no real I I had no real confidence watching it, thinking that it was going to ultimately come to fruition you know i don't you know, think you- there was any template for getting it to the midfield they were they were passing sideways through the center backs and the fullbacks and which led to a lot of sketchy uh, uh, um, chances but i didn't seem like there's any template to how they're going to get it to the midfielders or who's going to drop back and, and swing in or something like that but maybe they're not comfortable with the ball at their feet either because I, I know um zimmerman's fine but you know long's not great and, and vines i haven't watched him in belgium but i assume he'd be competent but it yeah. just didn't look like there was much going on. It wasn't happening. All right, Wednesday, I appreciate it. Thanks. All right. Let's see. We, can, we got a few more questions here. And, you know, we don't want to belabor the point, but this is, this is important. This is a – I think this is an important game. And maybe if this team does go on to achieve success, maybe they look back and say, hey, you know, we recognized that that wasn't good enough for whatever reasons that they, that they come up with. Obviously, some of them were talking here, but they might also might have some internal reasons that they say, this is what we should have done, this is what we didn't do, and we can't let that happen again. Whether it's the game against uh, Saudi Arabia, where you get the chance immediately to come back and kind of rectify the situation, and not just prove to us, because we're on the outside, but ultimately prove to each other that it can work, and that you should be confident going. Not that this game, I think, is going to completely dampen spirits within this team, but this was, you know, that that type of wake-up call that we need. When we talk about the U.S. women's national team winning World Cups, right? I'm not talking saying that the men's team is going to win the World Cup, but inevitably, we've seen it now with multiple cycles, there will be that moment that comes right before a World Cup where they get punched in the mouth, and they get a reminder that, you know, they still have to do the things and they still have to work. And who knows? Maybe this is maybe this is that game. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm silver lining this thing to a certain extent. If we if we see a dramatic change and a dramatic improvement, that's that's a good thing. I just don't want and I, I doubt Greg Berhalter and his staff would do this, this to just be swept under the rug and always oh, just another game. And, you know, it's just a bad day and things weren't going uh, going well. But I also don't want a sky is falling type of scenario here because this is still, I think, a good team that can, you know, on the on any given day, be a very be a great team given the talent that we have. Still young, still inexperienced, and still trying to do things at times that while they want in their mind to do it, the physical part of it isn't necessarily uh they're not able to do that. Uh Mossy, anything before we go to some more calls here? Well, you know, uh, Keith Costigan raised this issue on Twitter during the game, and ESPN even threw a graphic of it up, about how many home games the U.S. has played in this cycle. Mm-hmm. And we know they've been playing mostly against CONCACAF opposition, kind of in their little bubble there. So do you think there's something to that? Any concern that when you put them outside the United States against a non-CONCACAF opponent, there's a little bit of a shock factor of this is something completely different that we're not accustomed to. I mean, look, but yeah, but that's not by design, right? It's just the reality and COVID and all those things. So you you play the teams that you are able to schedule and you got to go through a World Cup qualifying process and you're in CONCACAF. There's nothing you can do about that. And like I mentioned, during COVID, there was only a certain amount of teams that were even available, 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 excuse me, available to play. So 
I mean, yeah, there's there's a worry that you're you're not in Kansas anymore, you're not in CONCACAF anymore. Um, and if this is that wake up call relative to something like that, that's that's a that's a good thing, you know, that's a good thing to do. But they're not they're not alone necessarily in that sense. But I but to your point, you're right that we have framed this team and it all is within a CONCACAF uh, context and it's going to step up a whole nother level ultimately when they get playing better teams. And this isn't necessarily even a great team or even the best team that they will face uh, going forward. Hell, you got England coming down the pike when it comes to when it comes to the World Cup. And I would even put, you know, someone like Iran or uh, or Wales up there in terms of a dramatic increase in terms of the, uh, the competition. Uh, let's see who else is here that uh, we can talk to. Let's go to Austin. See what Austin has to say. I want to say Austin, not the actual city, but actually Austin. Unmute yourself there, Austin, and say hello to us. Unmute, unmute. Going once, going up, twice. There he is. How you doing? Pretty good. Appreciate you guys doing these. It's um, it was tough. I'm not gonna lie. I um, <laughs> I think it's very, very alarming that your best player is out and you have zero shots on target. That is unexcusable. It's, I don't want to hear about pitches. All right. Japan played on the same pitch, played us off mm-hmm. the park. It looked like different level out there. Say what you want about, you know, pitches and crowds and all that. I don't want to hear about that. My question to you, Alexi is, do you think, what is your confidence level in Aaron Long and these center backs? going up against England, going up against Wales, because mine is very, very low. It didn't look good. It looked it, – it just looked off. Everything looked off today, and I'm alarmed and uh, talk me off the ledge. Thanks, guys. No, I just I, – I, I do think that they will rise to the occasion. I think Walker is at a much higher level than Aaron Long. We know Aaron Long had uh, you know, a very serious injury that, that he's come – He's, I think he's coming back from that, from a physical perspective. Um, and we also know that Greg Berhalter likes those two. And I think, I think that's who it's going to be. And if, if you don't like that, and there's plenty of fair criticism, uh, then you got to also tell me, well, okay, so who do you want there? Because as we mentioned earlier in the call, anybody that you put in there is going to have, is going to have problems. And who knows, maybe you put, you know, you, you put you and when we'll talk about John Brooks. All right. You put John Brooks in there and those passes out of the back. Maybe you you no, not maybe I think that his ability on the ball or a Tim Ream, those passes out of the back, especially with that with that left foot. Yeah, it's it improves. So there you go. Now you have a better passing passer out of the back, which is kind of fundamental if that's what you want, what you want to do. But the trade off is uh, what about those balls over the top? Uh, you know, what what about turning and what about. Uh, a high line if the U.S. is pushing up and pressing the uh, the opponent, and that back four now is uh, ten, ten yards, you know, over the halfway line or or into their half, and there's a whole lot of space between their ass and Matt Turner's face. <laughs> so that so and but that's a trade off. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I have more confidence, I think, in an Aaron Long and a Walker Zimmerman to rise to the occasion against you know you mentioned England or or, or anybody else here. But they're going to make mistakes. And, you know, putting people in positions to succeed is part of coaching and is part of life. I know Jurgen Klinsmann used to always talk about getting out of your comfort zone. And there is 
there, I, I, I do believe that that can help you grow and you can learn from doing that. But there's also putting people in positions to succeed and not making them do things that they can't do and or don't want to do. And I think oftentimes we are seeing Walker and Aaron, Aaron Long do things and play passes that I'm not sure they've, they've bought into them, but they you know, are being asked to do it. And as players, you want to make the team, you want to impress your coach, and you want to do the things that he or she is asking you to do. All right, my friend. Don't worry. You're gonna, everything's going to be fine. Thanks, Lexi. <laughs> All right. See you, Austin. Mossy, anything? Because um, I know you got to head off here because uh, we got some Nations League that uh, you got to get ready for. Yeah, this will be my last comment and then I'm going to hop off. Um, I do think one of the big winners today was Chris Richards. Um, and, and, you know, a previous uh, caller brought up, why, why not Cameron Carter-Ricks? Remember, he was called up. He had to drop out of the squad because of an injury. Same thing with Chris Richards. So it ended up being Mark McKenzie, that third center back that got to play in the second half today. I don't think he was overly impressive. So I still think the heir apparent, if uh, – long were to drop out of the starting lineup would be Richards or Carter Vickers, probably Richards. And like I said, I think Aaron Long's performance today helps uh, Chris Richards. Now he has to show an ability to stay healthy and you'd like him to get some games. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to actually see him yeah. play for the national yeah. team. And you'd, you'd like to see him get some games for Crystal Palace uh, between now and the World Cup. But if all that happens, I do think there's a very good chance that it's Chris Richards and not Aaron Long starting alongside Walker Zimmerman at the World Cup. I don't know, Mossy. I, I, I think that, that Greg Berhalter, ultimately, when, when it comes down to brass tacks, he is going to go with the more experienced type of player. I mean, I, and I think that's... And, and, it's, and it's not that he hasn't seen Chris Richards, but it's... I mean, we have a very, very small sample size. And I think that that's even... I think it's... Even with the weaknesses and the challenges of an Aaron Long or Walker Zimmerman or somebody else... I think putting somebody in there that is just so green and so fresh, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Um, and, and look, and it's not, it's, it's not to say that anybody, you know, so, so, so sometimes you, you see a game and the substitutes come in and the game completely fundamentally changes. And we look at the players that came in in a completely different light to the, to the, uh, the, the players that were, uh, that were in the first half, let's say, or before those substitutes. And even that in and of itself, it's not really fair. Because there's nothing, you know, you could have um, any, any number of players that could have sucked in this game. And they're going to be tainted with it. And, you know, it comes with the territory. Everybody understands that. But just saying, well, this player, if this player is in, then everything would have been different. That's, I mean, I know we all play that game, but that's not necessarily the truth. There could be others. And I'm not saying that, you know, having Musa and having Pulisic uh, on the field doesn't fundamentally change who, who this who this team is, but they could have they could have had a shocker with other players on the field, and then those players would be tainted. So it's not just as simple as these players sucked. We need to get them out and put other players in uh, because because they're going to be better. It doesn't work like that, as we as we all know. David, you got to head off. I'm going to drop out. Uh, I'm heading to work. We do have uh, UEFA Nations League today, uh, Germany-Hungary on FS1. You know, John Champion mentioned that game on the broadcast and did not plug FS1. He was not a good partner today. So I'm disappointed. <laughs> but nevertheless, we do have that coming up, so tune in. Well, I appreciate it. How, how did your uh, first uh, spaces go? Are you okay? You came out unscathed. 
Yeah, yeah, no, this is cool. Uh, we're going to do this again after Saudi Arabia, right? Yes, we will. Yes, we will. From the lot, from uh, from our uh, our Fox slot. All right, I, I will see you later on in a few hours because uh, I'm working that Nations League uh, game. So we're looking forward to that. Thank you, David Wasi. All right, sounds good. Yep. All right. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We can, we can continue on a little bit here uh, before I have to head into the, uh, the office, like I said. And I know a lot of people have, have their hands up here that want to talk. Oof, lots of people here. Gosh, all right, I'll stop babbling and I'll get to you. Uh, let's see. Kuda. He's a Buckeyes fan. Looks to be from Ohio. Let's see here. Oh, there we go. Add a speaker. Let's see. I think it's Kuda, as I said. Uh, yes. Yes, I, I can hear you. What's up? Thanks, Alexia. I appreciate it. I want to say thank you for... No problem the podcast and also, um, hosting this dialogue. So I cool. did, cool. I joined the conversation a little late, so I apologize. If That's okay. This, it's all right. It's not a problem. This question's been Rinse and repeat. Already. It's all good. That's what we do. Perfect. So ultimately my question will be, how are we going to measure success at the world cup? And the reason I say that is I think the is undoubtedly a better opponent than what Iran or Wales would be. Included, and anything less than that would be an abject failure. So the ultimate question is more so looking forward to the round of 16 and possible opponents. I think the quality of Japan is more on par with teams like Senegal or Ecuador slash Peru, depending on what happens with that Ecuador situation. And then obviously mm -hmm. you have the Netherlands there as well. So what I'm thinking is if we did get out of our group and we were matched up with one of those top three teams in group A and we put in a performance like this and lost pretty easily like we did today, how would we view that ultimate result? And then my second question to you is in the grand scheme of things, what would you consider a successful showing in Qatar? Well, I think for Greg Berhalter to even be considered uh, with the next cycle, and I, I don't believe in multiple cycles, but I do think that he will be considered for another cycle. At the very least, you need to get out of the group, which, by the way, is not something you know uh, unprecedented. We've gotten out of the group multiple times before. Uh, so that in and of itself isn't cause for ri ridiculous celebration. But I think, you know, you mentioned this, the, the group that we have. I think the U.S. is better than Wales. I think the U.S. is better than Iran. And you take your chances against uh, England. And while I would love nothing more than to beat England, England is an elite team and they could absolutely kick our, <laughs> kick our ass. Um, uh, that first game against Wales, I think, is huge. But ultimately, I think there's six points waiting there with games against Iran and against Wales. It's not that they can't beat us because I, I guarantee that they look at the U.S., as a three points that they can win. And that's, so it's very evenly matched in terms of the perception of the different teams when you, when you talk about the three teams of the United States, Iran, uh, and Wales. And then, you know, you have England and everybody kind of looks at that England game as, all right, you, you take your chances and things can happen. The soccer gods have to smile on you and you're going to be in that underdog role, especially for a U.S. team 
They really thrive on that. So that could pl- play to our advantage. But that first game, you got to get three points against Wales. Um, I hate to put everything in that basket, but the reality is you get three points against Wales. The numbers tell you in terms of the, stati- uh, the percentage of going on. I mean, you're, you're, you're sitting pretty after that. Plus, it takes the pressure off of that second game against England. Not that you don't want to win it, not that you don't want to play well, but now you're the underdog. You got three points uh, under your under your belt, and you don't you don't have to win it. Yes, you want to get points out of it, uh, whether it's a win or or, uh, or a tie, but you don't have to. As opposed to after you beat Wales, then you come up against England, and you're thinking, "Geez, if we don't get something out of this game, we're two games in, and we haven't gotten a point yet." And that's really, really uh, a problem going forward. You mentioned, uh, you know, Group A, which is where the U.S. would play any round of 16 game that they uh, that they that they achieved, uh, and the likes of Senegal and Netherlands uh, and Ecuador and Qatar. Uh, you know, I think the Netherlands is going to be the first group out of that, or the first team out of that. Uh, and then, you know, I think it's down to Ecuador and Senegal, beatable teams. But to your point, I think they're certainly on par with uh, with the Japan, and everybody's good at at uh at the world cup i i think that i think that i think success would be obviously get out of your group and then beat a team that ultimately is better than you you know and and like i said netherlands would certainly (laughs) fit that um I'm not sure that Senegal or Ecuador is necessarily better than us. And if you're getting out of the group, things have gone well. And so you're, you're, you're flying and you're, and you're feeling, uh, you're feeling good, but yeah, I think that's what ultimately would be success. But, and I don't know if ultimately they would keep Greg Berhalter for another cycle, but I think it's going to be hard if everybody is excited and there's been good games and wonderful goals and wonderful moments and we've beaten teams I think it's going to be hard not to keep them around for another cycle. That will please some. That will not please others if that were uh, were to happen. All right, Kudo, appreciate it. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go-to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you, it's the nation's largest Home Services Marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. There we go. That's another good question. We can take a few more before we head out into the world. I know some of us, certainly out here on the West Coast, have been... (laughs) been up already many hours 
very, very early, but that's okay. Uh, bum, bum, bum. Soccer noob. Let's see what soccer noob has to say. Good morning. How are things hey on the West Coast, sir? You know, it's it's good. You don't like to start off a, a day with that type of performance and result. Um, but no, you know, but on the other Friday. hand, I'm sure perspective isn't that hard to come by. He's refining his system is the three G Greg. It's a friendly. I don't think all hope is lost necessarily. No, but this this does kind of put in people's hands, especially those that have their hands out looking for something. This gives them the opportunity to point to sure. uh, either if either criticism of Greg or just in general, the way that this team is playing, you know, the concern, um, uh, you know, deflating whatever balloon. And there's plenty of people that, you know, want to look <laughs> on the on the on the. Uh, that's um, all we have. Gla- glasses left foot, or glasses less, uh, half empty type of stuff. It's all we have. But on the other hand, what we want is the best players out there that fit the system. And I think he's still using games, not just you know practices, training camp to refine that. So I'm still trying to stay positive. And uh, part of that might be the uh, uh, chocolate covered espresso beans that I'm eating. Maybe the optimism comes from there. That's okay. That's all right. I like, uh, I like optimism, but it can't be, I, I like faith, but I don't like blind faith. Sure. And I don't, and I don't think that you, you're, you're looking at it with ridiculously rosy No, today didn't either. look great, but that's also not a team that we're going to, you know, we're not going to see first and second half switches like that. I mean, that's not what things are going to look like at the World Cup. But I do have a very quick question or two sure. if you're up for a couple of teaching sure. moments for an old noob, as it were. Uh, first of all, I, I have to say Mossy commenting on uh, Ferreira and not being tall enough. Maybe if we just went from the kind of 70s, big shaggy haircut he's got going, maybe if we went full on kid in play, Ferreira could head that home. There we think. go. Right now he's got kind of the seventies. He, want, he wants some to, height, right? Yeah, he, we get wants, some height through the hair. Yeah, the haircut he's got right now—it's like he wants to. I'm going to date myself. It's like he wants to do well with the ladies at the Regal Beagle, but you know, I'm not sure it's working for him. He's got to cut it, or he's got to grow it way out. Yeah, well, he's not getting any taller uh, unless well, he, unless he goes to Europe. <laughs> few, few of us are. A more serious question um, in terms of uh, with a game like this. If they have been playing exclusively to win from the word go, as opposed to this being more of a learning experience, I hate to say this because I'm not sure I want to say, but do the U.S. because they're not going to be as technical, technically gifted, they're young as some of the other teams, are they going to need to ugly up some of these games and really knock some guys down? I, I mean, if you look back at their successes, there has been a much more traditional type of style that has gotten them. Uh, and, and ultimately, Greg Berhalter, while he has talked a lot about being more um, you know, advanced and progressive in the way that they play, when you really look at it, where, where, where this team was successful was you know, getting down and dirty. And this, this game, I don't think, had a chance to be pretty for, from a U.S. perspective and that lack of recognition in that moment. And, and here's the other thing. I know that this is still a friendly game, but this is this is still a tryout for a lot of these players and that they came out so flat and lacking energy. That's weird. That to me is weird. And by the any, way, yeah, any time zone to that, do you think I don't want to? Why most of the most of these players but, play over in Europe? <laughs> I mean, it's not like they were they were doing that transatlantic type of uh, of flight. So it, it yeah. shouldn't it shouldn't be that way. 
and right. you know, you you had what Aaron Long and Walker Zimmerman in the starting lineup, and Jesus Ferreira in the starting lineup that had to make the uh, the trip across the uh, the pond there. And that's that still shouldn't be an excuse if you're playing internationally. You you have to be able to okay. adjust for that. But it was just it was it was flat. It was almost as if it was just a training game, and they didn't recognize the significance of of a performance like this. And so you know, what, maybe they're looking ahead, but that's that was disappointing. So what does it mean that they need to play with personality, like like Coach said in the uh, in in the post game? What would that mean to you in a locker room if a coach would say that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Thank you. I that's mean, play with I person. I, you know, people people say that, uh, and, and it's you know, it's like the uh, Supreme Court, uh, you know, obscenity, right? You, you you can't define it, but you know it when you see it, right? So right. when these team is playing collectively with personality, and the individuals are playing with personality, it just means that you're playing better, I guess, relative right. to what we saw I out think, there. I'd, I'd like to encourage everybody, and I'll leave you on this one. Not a question, but a comment. Because uh, I know that there are other people that want to get in. I, I want to blame it on this and this alone. I think the fact that they played one guy truly in the midfield, the center of the field, and his name was Endo, really threw everybody off. And that's the reason they looked so terrible. It was just confusing. All right. There we go. I appreciate it, Sock Noob. Bye. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Let's go to um, how about let's let's. Let's move all over a place here. Michael. Let's see what Michael has to say. I appreciate everyone hanging out and, and uh, unmute yourself there, Michael, and speak. There we go. Lexi, thanks for taking the time to do all this. I do appreciate that. No, no problem. Where are you calling from? Uh, my question is for the guys who didn't play today, uh, are they going to get time against Saudi Arabia or are we going to go with sort of like the same 18 players today and just rotate them? Interesting. So if if the time for experimentation is truly over in the way that Greg Berhalter has pretty much, you know, talked about, then you go right back to the well and you don't crush these players that you might need and you give them the opportunity to fix it. Um, you know, but... I, th- I think there will be changes no matter what if, for the Saudi Arabia game. But I, this is, I mean, the Saudi Arabia game is the last chance. This is it. This is the last game that you are going to get to see your team in a competitive setting. And I know it's a, it's a friendly. So I, I would want to approach the Saudi Arabia game as if it was a World Cup game. And, you know, you hope that the knock or whatever the hell is going on with the Pulisic, that that is healed enough where he's playing. And I would even... I don't want to hurt a player, but I would want to at least nudge them that, hey, I, I play through some stuff here and give us this 90 minutes because there is a value to that 90 minutes against, by the way, a team that is going to the World Cup in Saudi Arabia. So good competition. And you are only going to get this chance to kind of fix what we just saw today and end it on a good note. And I think that's important, you know, as they go off for the next you know, less than 60 days here before the World Cup starts. So less than 50 days before they have to get on that plane to go to uh, camp for the week before the World Cup. Awesome. Uh, just quick follow up to that. Uh, was there any player that didn't play today that you think is going to get time in the Saudi Arabia game or uh, potentially should get a, a better look at? 
Um, I think that we'll see, let's see, maybe a, a Pepe, right? So we saw both uh, Jesus Ferreira and Sargent, uh, this reclamation project that, <laughs> that is that is Pepe. Um, I think we could probably see him. Uh, let's see, who else didn't play today? Scally, maybe? Um, if it is about seeing players that we haven't seen a whole lot of, um, or re- rehabilitating in the in the sense that uh, Ricardo Pepe is, I think you could see something uh, something like that. Who else is around? Goalkeepers. I, I don't think you change the goalkeepers. I think you continue on because Matt is your is your starting goalkeeper, and you give him another game, especially given what's going on with him at uh, at Arsenal. So yeah, maybe those. But I, I also right. think, like I said, you go back to the well. I mean, re rack it. All right, appreciate it. Uh, Amon, 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 I don't know. <laughs> a- a- hey, can you hear me? Yes, I can. What's up? What's your name? Amon? It's Amon. Amon, sorry. All right, what's going yeah, on? Yeah, so I just got a couple thoughts. Number one, I want to defend Ferreira a little bit. No one knows okay. what type of balls you're going to get or opportunities. So, yeah, he could be three inches taller, but the next opportunity could come in a completely different way. So, first off, a little defense there. Second piece yep. is I just feel like our team's in a transition to where we're not good enough to play out of the back, but we're not also like teams of old where we could counterattack, muddy up the game. And so I feel like we're just lost, and I just kind of want to know what your thoughts are, what you would do going mm-hmm. forward, and just kind of want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, so if if we are not going to play out of the back, that's that's fine. I think there can be a balance. You know, I don't want to get completely regressive and all we do is kick the ball down the field. But I, I do think that there has been a balance achieved over this cycle where, you know, Greg Berhalter looked at the situation and, and, and said, well, I might want to do this, but maybe that's a bridge too far and has, you know, enabled them to do some different things. That was not, I think, what happened. Uh, what happened today? To your point about you know, about Jesus Ferreira, I, I don't think that's that that is going to change. However, when there's so much talk about Jordan Pivak and you miss a, a chance like that, you know that the criticism is going to come because you having a player like that waiting in the wings that seemingly has been frozen out. Uh, whether you, you, some people agree, some people don't agree. Yeah, I mean that's that's what's going to happen in this. And I'm not putting PFOC on the level of a Landon Donovan, leaving Landon Donovan off. But as soon as Jurgen Klinsmann did something like that, you knew that there will come a point when you say, "Yeah, but if Landon was here, you could do this." I mean, so the same thing is going to is going to happen. And I think, you know, I, I, I do. I, I would also join you in the defense of Jesus Ferrer. I think he has grown on me. I think he's better than people give him credit for. I think he suffers obviously from the fact that he's not a traditional type of striker in the in the form of a, a, a you know a Brian McBride, an Eric Winalda, a Josie Altador, and we, we all know that. And there's no way he can ever be that. Um, but it doesn't mean that he can't be successful and, and he can't lead that line in a very different way. Yeah, I totally agree, and I am a P folk fan. But the thing is, I don't think he's in competition with Ferreira. I think it's more of a peppy conversation because they do. I mean, Pifok and Ferrer do completely different things and you need them for completely different times. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I think it's more of a, a battle between peppy and Pifok. 
Got it. Got it. All right, my friend. I appreciate it. Take care. See ya. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. All right, listen, I think that's enough for the day. I, I don't, like we said, I don't want to dwell on this because I do think that, uh, you know, the sun will rise. The sky is not falling. Uh, this team is not perfect. We knew that going in, but this certainly didn't help. And as you go about your Friday and into your weekend, getting ready for the Tuesday game, I think that it's right and fair for us to expect a rebound and obviously a much better performance against Saudi Arabia and whatever problems that Greg Berhalter and his staff have identified to rectify them and to fix them and to give us a reason to believe or continue to believe or believe more in this group of players uh, that we have. And he has done that in the past. He has come back and um, not completely rectified the situation, but just make us make us feel better because I think I think we are owed that. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks to David Mossy for joining me today. And thank you for everybody for participating and or listening out there on the Lonely Hearts Soccer Club. Um, State of the Union out twice a week with my friend David Mossy, the podcast out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, thank you for checking in here on the uh, on the spaces.